0: feels like to not stoop down into the microphone you know i'm really surprised that we didn't think of this sooner (laughs) so for those of you not looking at us which is literally all of you we're sitting at this craft table that i have in my office and there's like a pullout section that is a little bit lower than the other part of the table is if that makes any sense and Kelly is taller than me, and she was using the lower side, so she was having to, like, hunch down to get to the mic. And and then, you know, over the course of a conversation, I just instinctively sit straight up and talk into the air, and it's caused so many sound issues. And we've just been, like, struggling, like, how can we fix this problem that won't go away? <laughs> <laughs> and then today we were like, why don't we switch sides of the table? <laughs> And then we were like, oh my God, we are geniuses. It was that simple. So what was your week like? Or weekend? I haven't seen you all weekend. Yeah, I had no work all weekend. So I'm trying to think of anything interesting that I could possibly bring up. And I'm coming up empty-handed. I think this was in a podcast that I was listening to, and it was kind of depressing. So let's talk about it, naturally. (laughs) This guy was trying to figure out why so many people were miserable with their jobs. So the approach that he took was he was like, well, I'll talk to a bunch of people and figure out what they've been up to. Like, and he went to this lady and he was like, how would you describe the last you know, 10 years of your life? What would you say? And she just started bawling. And he was like, oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. Yeah, because she was like, I don't know what I've been doing. And, th- and the thing is, that she was working the type of job where she drove the same way every day, she did the same thing every day, and she was just, you know, going through the motions. And anyway, the his point was, doing little things that are novel is what makes a day stand out to you. So he was like, drive a different way home than you usually do. Just see a different part of your town than you're familiar with, and it'll shake up the way you're, you're looking at things, so that day will stand out. And hmm. then... Yeah, and then eventually you run out of new ways to go, and then you just realize life is a never-ending march towards death. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know for me personally, my job can get pretty repetitive, but lately I have a pretty stringent writing schedule. So I know every single day I have to write this much. And I don't give myself off days when I work, which I used to do, which totally kills my progress. So even when I work, I still know I have this goal to attain after work. And that mixes it up for me. It makes sure I get the creative juices flowing every single day. Yes, I said juices. (laughs) (laughs) I guess you would have to see my face. (laughs) I can relate to that. I mean, I'm really big on my hobbies. Here at Southern Hills, get a hobby. Yeah, you gotta have a hobby. You gotta have a hobby. Start a podcast. We'll listen to it unless it sucks, in which case we won't. (laughs) (laughs) It seems that people who don't work full-time in the creative fields, they're either, I don't want to say they're scared to pursue creative interests, but or maybe the drive's just not there. I don't know. I don't get it. I guess for some people, they just don't need an outlet for self-expression or... I don't know whatever it is. Speaking of self-expression and also ADD, Kelly and I decided we're going to take an improv class. You have a friend who does this, right? Mhm. And he's probably listening if you're listening. Hey, you know, you know what's up. <laughs> so, Rachel's friend invited her to take an improv class, and she was talking to me like that would be really great for our podcast because in a sense this is improvisational banter. I mean, 90% of the things we say, (laughs) but then it was immediately followed up by But man, I don't want to do that. And then I was like, I don't want to do that either. But then it was after we had done the resolution episode where (laughs) Kelly said, I want to minimize my discomfort zone, basically. Yeah. I was like, I'm the opposite of that. (laughs) I want to be as comfortable. I, I don't. And then we were talking about it. We were like, well, we'd benefit a lot from it. Yeah. So we are doing this. Partially because we don't want to do it. Welcome back to Southern Hills. I'm Kelly. And I'm Rachel. And we're a weekly hangout podcast where Kelly and I pick a topic, Lucy research it, and come together to talk about it. We describe it as a hangout podcast, but one of our friends recently was talking to us. He was like, hey, this is all, you know, my thoughts on the podcast. And we were super appreciative for any feedback. And he said... The gist of it was, uh, he likes our approach of independently researching topics from very different perspectives, and then coming together and having a conversation about it. So essentially, it's a learning together podcast. But we're going to keep calling it a hangout podcast. Yes, because that's what we're doing. We still have no idea what to say for this what are we blurb. There you go. But you should subscribe to us. (laughs) And again, if you have an idea for what our podcast could be described as drop us a line Southernhells at gmail.com we still need to get kelly at southern hills fixed. if you've tried to email kelly at southern hills, that's entirely my fault i was supposed to set up our google suite and i fucked it up <laughs> if you have emailed kelly at SouthernHells.com, i have not received your email because the email address does not exist but just hold it and don't worry we will announce As soon as it's available, and you can resend all the dick pics that Kelly asked for in that one episode. Yes, and I'm probably going to ask for something else later on in this episode. Yeah! So today we're talking about double standards, and we know that a lot of the time people come at double standards from the perspective of, well, women can't do all the same things that men can do, and here's all the things that are, you know, that men can do that women just aren't allowed to do. And we didn't really want to approach it that way. Yeah, instead of just doing double standards against women by men, we wanted to do an episode about double standards against both genders propagated by both genders, because you would be surprised at how many of those there are. When I started researching this, something that I thought about immediately were words that were thrown at women and words that were thrown at men. And I wanna talk about that for a minute. As a woman who at times feels emotions, (laughs) I have been called crazy. The word crazy gets thrown at women uh, by men and women both whenever they're upset. And men don't really have to worry about that. When a man gets upset, He might be called an asshole, he might be called assertive, but he's never really called crazy. If someone does an action that upsets you and you feel upset by that action, that is not a crazy behavior. But as a woman, um, I know in a lot of my relationships, even in the workplace, I don't want to be outwardly upset about something because I'm scared that will be interpreted as me being crazy. It's something that I consciously think about more often than I'd like to. And a lot of times people are just using it to minimize your feelings. That's what... Yeah, it's actually... Um- it can be a toll for emotional abuse. It kind of falls under the umbrella of gaslighting. So let's say that Rachel catches me in a lie and she gets really upset about it. I can be like, calm down, stop overreacting. You're being crazy. And that puts her in the headspace like, am I being crazy? Yeah, it, it turns it around and it makes it to where I have to be introspective rather than, no, this is about you and this is what about what you did. This is not about my reaction at this moment. Exactly. And I don't know... Do men suffer from that? I mean, of course with everything, there's instances, but I just mean to the degree that women do. Honestly, this is one of those instances where I, I've never asked any of my male friends if they deal with that sort of thing or gaslighting in general. I don't think I've had that conversation either. And I'm just trying to remember in any of my adult relationships, have I ever, have I ever used the phrase crazy to describe my partner? I don't think so. I have definitely done that. <laughs> <laughs> but Kelly knows my dating history and you know mine (laughs) and that's all we're gonna say about that (laughs) i guess another another plight that men suffer that women don't tend to is the being called creepy yeah that's the word that gets thrown at men unfairly and just like with the word crazy yeah some behaviors are creepy if someone expresses a disinterest in your romantic advances and you push it or if you follow a woman home at night that's creepy but just approaching a woman is not creepy but that word gets thrown at men so much. And I think that's the male equivalent of crazy. Men really fear being called creepy. And I don't, I have never worried about that. As the woman that I am, I feel like I can just kind of say whatever's on my mind and a guy's not going to be like, whoa, that's creepy. Hmm, I wonder where that line is. And I'm sure there's like a graph where it's like hotness to things she can get away with. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, oh my God, Who is that comedian? Oh, he used to draw the pictures. Oh, yeah. Dimitri Martin. Yeah, Dimitri Martin, where he's like, how cute you are versus how much I want to hear about your cats. He was like, here's where these points intersect. I don't care how cute you are. are, I don't want to fucking hear about your cats. (laughs) Aww. I want to hear about everybody's cats. That's actually something that's on my list. Men can be way more easily considered creepy because they have cats. In, in my experience, like, talking to my male friends, if they're like, yeah, a single dude that just has a cat, that's weird. I have never thought that, and I was not aware that was even a stereotype until Rachel uh, told me about it today. Whenever I find out a dude has cats, I'm just like, word? How many cats you got? <laughs> what is your upper limit of <laughs> allowable cats? I think my upper limit is four. After four, it's kind of weird. <laughs> if a dude's like, I got five cats, I'm just thinking... Oh, that's a lot of cats. <laughs> but four? Hmm. I have two. I'm happy with two. Three is acceptable because you can end up with three cats. You can't just end up with five cats. No. And four cats is is like, that was maybe their upper limit too. They were like, okay, one more. <laughs> right. But what if you had a six pack of cats? <laughs> Okay, so thinking about cats makes me think about the crazy cat lady stereotype, makes me think back to the word crazy. I remembered this about the word crazy, I just want to touch on really quickly. Um, you've probably heard the phrase, don't stick your dick in crazy. Men love saying that, and men love also talking about how, oh, my ex was crazy, man. They were all crazy. At the same time, I have heard multiple men say, sex with crazy girls is the best. So which is it? (laughs) Don't or do. I don't understand. Yeah. And it's so invalidating. Like, what do you mean by crazy? What did she do? Because Kelly actually taught me this phrase that I have been loving the crap out of lately. She said, if it smells like shit everywhere you go, check your shoes. (laughs) Right. When I hear a guy talk about, oh, my exes were all crazy. I just think, um, you probably drove them crazy. (laughs) Yeah, and I think that there's a limit for most people where a healthy relationship becomes just horribly unhealthy, and then that can bring out the worst in anyone. I've heard it described really succinctly. Sometimes when someone uses the word crazy, what they really mean is, she was upset and I didn't want her to be. Man, that's that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I, just to be perfectly honest, I have had a bad habit of throwing around the word crazy, like, oh, that person's mm-hmm. crazy, which... I should really stop. Well, okay. On the level, we have a lot of male friends. We've always had a lot of male friends. And I have a theory that I'm going to share right now, which is incredibly rude. The thinner the eyebrows, the thicker the crazy. Rachel, I can't believe you said that. It's out there. I'm saying it. If her eyebrows are plucked to just little lines, unless there's like a scar or something that she's trying to like pluck a girl. I've got a couple of barometers that have never failed me. I'll give you mine. This is my crazy barometer. Okay, we all know how it works. When you want to post a fine-ass selfie, you take like, I mean, maybe you take like 30 of them and you pick the best one and you edit and upload that one. If you post all 40 selfies from the selfie photo shoot, you're crazy. calling it we're calling it and we're kind of kind of protective and kind of jerks so whenever we're scoping out someone that our male friends are dating we look for the eyebrows and we look for the selfie photo shoot yeah if if the eyebrows are over plucked and if every selfie from the selfie shoot's uploaded we're just like bro be careful we're like we know that this is gonna end you oh my god we're assholes we really are we're just like hey don't call people crazy but here's how you know if they are yeah yeah that's pretty much exactly what just happened (laughs) but in our defense we've seen it and we're not trying to minimize her feelings we are looking at the aftermath of those relationships and being like called it yeah and As we said before, some behaviors are crazy. Some behaviors warrant the word crazy, but the point we're trying to make is that calling a woman crazy for responding emotionally to anything is really invalidating and sexist. I akin it to calling a man creepy for being straightforward with his sexuality, which we do encourage women to do. But yeah, speaking of that, on the flip side, in our society, men are supposed to be the instigators. You know, men make the first move. We want the man to approach us. But if he does, we're going to call him creepy. That's really unfair. I have actually given some of my male friends complexes over this sort of thing. I told you about that. Yeah. (laughs) There's a polite way to come up to women, and there's an impolite way to come up to women. The, The easiest way is just to treat her like a human being. If she's wearing headphones and doesn't look like she wants to be talked to, don't talk to her. If she's with a girlfriend and you come up and ask her, Hey, can we buy you a drink? And she says no go away and don't press the issue. But I think a lot of guys can maybe have self-esteem issues and are a little bit more shy than necessarily is warranted. I think women are more open to advances than these men think, <laughs> but you have to be able to read someone's cues. Like you've, right. you've been approached outside of a bar and, and, it, and it gone somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So it's not that you're just wholly always opposed to it. It's just that if someone is unable to read your social cues, then they're more likely to come up to you in a situation where you're not looking for that. You're not looking for attention. Right. And just thinking of my own experiences, I've been approached, you know, by a stranger in a public place and him strike up a conversation about a neutral topic and it go on from there. I've also been approached by men who immediately say something like, wow, you're really sexy or wow, that." shirt is really hot or something that just goes straight to my physical appearance and I find that to be a huge turnoff because I'm just thinking you're looking to get laid and even if the guy who's just like hey I like your t-shirt do you know this band maybe he's just looking to get laid but at least he's speaking to me as if I'm a person with interests yes um because here's another point that I don't think a lot of men understand as Women, we are frequently treated as novelties instead of people, especially if you fall under any niche umbrella. I have dealt with a lot of guys who are just into spooky chicks, which is great, but I am not a novelty. And if I get the sense that um, you do not see me as Kelly the person, you see me as the hot girl or the spooky girl, watch how fast I disappear. (laughs) Because then they're just turning you into an accessory. Yes. And that's, whatever, people are stupid. (laughs) (laughs) And here's another thing, okay, a lot of men, I'm sorry, I'm not even going to narrow that down to men, a lot of people have this idea that the threat of being creepy, it's centered around the approach. You know, if you talk to her, or if you approach her, and she engages you in some way, then you're in. So a conversation will get started, and then he will immediately try to derail it into sex. That's creepy. Yeah, it kind of puts an unfair burden on women, too, because a lot of men, if they put energy into talking to you, and then, you know, that segues into, oh, well, I have a boyfriend after, you know, an hour or so of talking, I have personally experienced them getting upset. Well, why am I sitting here talking to you then? And it's like, well, because I thought you, if you're wearing a band shirt, it's like, well, I thought you liked the sword, and I thought we were going to talk about them. Yeah, that's pretty much insinuating that, oh, I have wasted my time talking to you since you're no longer a sexual prospect. It's fucked up. It is. Don't, don't Don't be that guy. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So I was thinking about the word creepy. You know, men really fear that word and women don't. I personally, I don't. I have never worried about, well, that guy's going to think I'm creepy. I'm just like, that guy's going to be like, hell yeah. And they usually are. However, I have an example. Um, as I mentioned multiple times in this podcast, I frequent a particular nightclub that I love. And um, you know, people, whatever reason you wanna go out, that's great. Some people wanna go out uh, to meet sexual partners. I pass no judgment to those people. I am not one of those people. But anyway, I was at my club, kind of keeping to myself at the bar, enjoying my cocktail. And this girl comes up to me, And she engages me in conversation. She's like, I really like your outfit. I've seen you here before. You seem really interesting. And I'm thinking, oh, yay, a new girlfriend. And then within talking to this girl for like 45 seconds, she drops the bomb. She says, so me and my husband are trying to bring someone home tonight. And we both think you're really hot. Do you want to join us after the club? And I wanted to be like, are you fucking kidding me? And if she had been a guy, I feel like I could have comfortably said, Please fuck off, you creep. But even though I felt the same way since it was a woman, I i don't know, it was just different. So I had to politely reject her, but I was thinking, no, I don't wanna have sex with your husband I've never seen before. We've been talking for 30 seconds. I mean, <sighs> it doesn't, that's not a gender thing. It's like, don't cross that boundary before you know anything about me. Right, it was creepy hmm so it's not that girls can't be creepy it's just that clearly she did not have the fear of that exactly hmm maybe she should (laughs) (laughs) oh she should so what you're saying is girls need to learn to be scared to be creepy too (laughs) let's just instill everyone with more fear (laughs) and anxiety and then yeah okay maybe that's maybe that's not what i'm trying to do but i don't know And thanks to that girl with no shame. (laughs) Tragically born with no shame. I couldn't approach anyone like that. If Colin didn't like Nintendo, we would not be together. That's an example of this gross double standard. If a guy had done that to me, I would have called him a creep and I would have told him to fuck off. But a woman just kind of got away with it and it, it made me uncomfortable and it offended me, but I didn't say anything to her. And it was such a letdown because I thought that she wanted to be my friend. I want to be your friend. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be your dog. Another point that we wanted to make is that in our culture, it has become completely acceptable for women to be into masculine things. But that same re- revolution has not happened for men being into feminine things. One example that comes to mind is cute stuff. Colin used to send me, you know, like videos of baby goats or things just, oh, I know, right? And i was like oh this is adorable but i think part of it's that he's like a beardy you know whatever so he can get away with that but plenty of men if you see them you don't you don't see them embracing cute stuff i mean that's just one example yeah i've seen that before men don't really share cute animal videos with the same frequency that women do and we know that they enjoy it i mean who wouldn't yeah it's a baby goat they're adorable but then you have bronies oh god that's true Too much of a good thing (laughs) is always a bad thing. So basically, we've made it okay that it's more okay to be a man than it is a woman. That's true. That's a really interesting way of looking at it. Also, I just thought about something um, that used to be cool that really needs to come back. Belly shirts for men. What? Oh yeah, the 70s, right? Is that when they were cool? Yeah, and I remember even seeing some in the 90s. Like the cutoff jersey look, that needs to come back. In a big way. It's okay, guys. It's okay to like belly shirts. Show us your belly buttons. I want to see that belly button. (laughs) Yeah, that did go away real hard. I saw something that I wanted to catch on yesterday on the internet. It was a onesie, but it looked like a twosie. What? It was like sweatpants and a hoodie. Oh, so you can conceal your shame. Ah, that's all I'm trying to do ever (laughs) But at that point, what's the perk? Getting naked to poop. <laughs> in public places. Because <laughs> that's, oh. what, that's what's going to happen. Just slip <laughs> all the way out of it and you're butt naked <laughs> with your shameful onesie in the bathroom stall. There you go. It's a market for everything. <laughs> all I want is an E. coli covered onesie. <laughs> Ooh, here's one dancing alone. I love to dance alone and I can kind of do that shamelessly. And it's really fun. But in my experience at the nightclub, men usually want a dancing partner. And I wonder if that's just cause they're trying to get a piece or because they feel uncomfortable dancing alone. I remember the one night that I went out with you. Well, not the one night, but one night that I went out with you, there was the one guy who was getting it in the corner. And we were like, let's go dance with that guy. Cause he was just, like... <laughs> I don't remember this i can't think of his name but he was like off in the corner dancing by himself like was this at a con or was this that night in knoxville it was a night in knoxville oh my god i i don't remember that guy and i'm not surprised i don't remember this oh but it was just really because we were like well we gotta go dance with that guy clearly (laughs) he has he knows what's going on uh brb That is a really good example, though. It's strange that women are encouraged to embody traits that are considered masculine, and something that frustrates me is some of those traits should be what it takes to be a good person, like being self-reliant and being savvy and being honest and admitting your faults. Yeah. Yeah, all of those are like, quote-unquote, masculine things, but that just makes you a good person. Why? Yeah, that's true. The stereotype is that women are conniving, backstabbing... Biznatches, and they need a, they need someone to take care of things for them, right? If a man, you know, required that his wife do all of these things that were not, you know, feminine, like sewing, mm-hmm. or if he was like, I don't know how to change a tire, and his wife knew that, no, yeah, yeah, that's true. Women can get away with just, oh, I don't know how to do that, and I'm not interested in learning a lot more than men can. Which is, yes, it is a double standard, and it is unfair, but it also is damaging to women. An example that I can think of, you have to know how to work computers now. It's not an option for you to not know how to use a computer in just about any career, but plenty of the girls that I've met in my life, oh, I don't know how to, I don't know computers. They won't know very, very basic things. And it's like, you can learn anything. You can do anything. You need to know this. So it's okay to say I don't take an interest in it. It's okay to say it isn't for me, but it's it's not a crutch for, I don't do that. Yeah, I hate that. Um, I have a story. Uh, My job is in a pretty male-dominated industry. It's in the STEM field. So anyway, when I first started, um, on one of my first days at work, I was handed a power tool and I was told, hey, build this thing. And I said, honestly, well, I've never used this tool before. And they were like, oh, it's cool. This guy will show you. Okie dokie. So I went <laughs> and I learned how to use the tool and then I built the fucking thing. And it was like so empowering. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I really appreciate that about being a woman working in the uh, STEM field. I, I can't really get away with, oh, I don't know that. Oh, I don't do that. Yeah, I guess it's because I'm actually out in the working field now. Because I was, I know I mentioned before in school, I did see women get away with that. But actually, doing my job, that my colleagues are just like, oh, well, let's go learn how to do it. And being involved with STEM has really helped me develop this attitude. You can learn anything. And if you want to do something, just learn what you have to learn until you can do it. It's incredibly empowering. That's something that, in the vein of us saying that double standards aren't okay for men or women, men should quilt. Get into quilting. It's awesome. Learn to knit. That's true, yeah. It's ridiculous that I have all of these skills that are feminine. Like, I... I sewing and knitting, but I'm also into woodworking. Pick up needlepoint, man. It's good for you. (laughs) I want to see more dudes needlepointing. Think of how much cooler that art form could be if dudes did it too. Yeah, I want a guy to crochet me a hat. Yeah, man. Something that's totally relevant to our podcast. Why are women so frowned upon for being vulgar? That's a great question and one that I will never understand because I've never... No, I take that back. In the professional environment, you do have to tone it down. But in my personal life, I don't think anyone has ever, in real life, been put off by honesty. I don't know. Have you experienced that? I can't think of any instances, to be honest. But just as far as media and society goes, uh, I have definitely heard people say women can't be funny or I just don't enjoy female comedians. And is it really because the content of their comedy routines are less funny than their male peers, or is it because it's a woman saying vulgar things? I think Tina Fey is hilarious. I like Tina Fey too. Is, is Tina Fey vulgar? No, she isn't she isn't really vulgar she in fact one of the episodes of 30 rock someone calls her a cunt and she's like no 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 i can't be that because she's you know the boss on that show and she was like there's no male equivalent i can't be that thing and she's just so heartbroken the whole episode it's kind of funny i think that cunt is a perfectly okay word yeah if i'm being a cunt it's okay to call me a cunt i guess it depends i know speaking personally in a dispute <laughs> I, I don't want to be called bitch. You know what I mean? Uh, or slut. Or I don't like female specific insults, but that's just me. So we talked a little about how um, it's okay for women to engage in culturally masculine interests or activities. And it's not so okay for men to do that uh, with feminine things. There are a few culturally masculine activities that women are given the side-eye about, and I know one of those very well. It is solo traveling. Um, a couple of years ago, I got really into solo traveling, and I do it internationally and domestically. I recommend everyone try it at least once, but something I always get when I talk about it, you know, when I say, oh, I'm going to this place, who are you going with? I'm going alone. Alone? And then it's usually followed up with, wow, you're really brave, or um, oh my god, I could never do that. And I. I feel like it's because I'm a woman. I think you're right. I think that no one would bat an eye for, again, it goes back to men. People expect men to be self-reliant and they think women have to be nurtured. Yeah, that's true. It's unusual that I can fend for myself in a strange place. I don't have a protector. Ooh, spooky. (laughs) Well, I would be okay solo traveling in the United States. I could handle that, but when it comes to international travel, I am such a scatterbrained person. Can just being my friend? Can you just imagine this for a second? Pure unadulterated chaos. <laughs> <laughs> I would survive, but I would do none of the things that were on my list to do. Oh yeah, so you ne- you just need someone to keep you sticking to your itinerary. Yeah, I also have a notoriously horrible sense of direction. I would be so lost that well, like, there's Google Maps. I- I'd be fine. I'd be <laughs> fine. I got hopelessly lost in Dublin the first time I went there, and it was like 1.30 a.m. No, it, it was probably 3.30 a.m. because I got lost on the way home from a nightclub, and I was like, so this is how it ends <laughs> <laughs> because I did not have a uh, cell phone when I went. Oh, yeah. I did the no phone thing too. Wow. Um, I had you are brave. I'm sorry I, had, I said it. I had a city map in my bag and I found like a church, a really dark church. So I kind of like hid in the shadows and looked at the map, you know, I'm on the street. Okay, here's where I am. Here's where I need to be. And then I found my way home. So yeah, there is a degree of luck that I didn't end up in someone's basement, (laughs) but also, um, yeah, the thing happened to me. I went to a place by myself and I got really lost and really freaked out and then figured it out. And then you survived. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't end up in someone's basement. Yeah, you did it. I'm proud of you. something else, I think, is considered a masculine trait. Being able to, like, keep your shit together in times of stress. I think people, um, you know, they don't even want to curse in front of a woman or have an intense conversation in front of a woman because she can't handle it. We just fall apart when anything goes awry. And I think I'm pretty good about keeping it together when stuff goes wrong. I don't know why women developed that reputation, or if it's just that at some point in history, women became sacred I've heard that in hunter-gatherer societies, it's understood that the women have to give birth, breastfeed, and still keep going with all the people. So they're a little bit more respected. But then when we became an agricultural society, the women were put in the house and cranking out babies all day. And the men had to be in the field. So (coughs) women kind of gave up some of their autonomy at that point. And, uh, I think we deserve it back. I, I could carry a baby and do my job. I don't know if I could do that, <laughs> but I totally believe you could. Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, I could, it's just fucking bullshit. <laughs> and we hate it here at Southern Hills. Oh, so here's, here's a good comparison. Um, so we talked about, you know, women solo traveling, uh, women being put in weird situations and keeping their shit together. Those are quote unquote masculine traits. This is another comparison I really want to make. This is something that I have suffered so much and it drives me fucking crazy. As an unmarried childless woman, people look at me like I'm a fucking alien, like women and men. I've had so many conversations with new women and they're just like, oh, so how many kids do you have? Oh, I don't have any. And they look at me like I have two heads. Like how could you not have kids? I didn't realize that was an option for adults. (laughs) And then I've even been interrogated by men about like, oh, you're not married. Well, do you want to get married? Well, do you have a boyfriend? It's like, they just, I don't know. I don't know why it is. And on the flip side, um, the men that I know that are childless and unmarried in the same age as me, no one bats an eye. I don't think they are ever questioned about it. And this isn't like counting their family. This is counting total strangers. Exactly. Like people I'm meeting for the first time. I will never understand that. Why- hey, let's talk about some really personal shit right now. Well, I guess it's because, you know, a lot of people, they connect with other people over their children. And that's, that's the thing they have to talk about. And that's fine. I, for me, I'm like, Hey, let's talk about none of that until we <laughs> get to know you better. Please. Yeah. <laughs> Please keep your shit to yourself <laughs> for as long as possible. Oh, um, Yeah. Yeah, that is really weird. And it's really pervasive. Some people could be going through infertility-related problems. And if you're just bringing that up, you're just making them deal with that in that moment. And maybe they don't want to deal with that with you. And I just don't get asking someone if they're married or if they've ever been married or want to be married. You know, what if someone went through a very painful divorce or recently went through a traumatizing breakup? No one wants to talk about that. Yeah, or if their spouse died. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, please don't make assumptions about strangers. And if you do make an assumption about stranger and then that assumption is wrong, I just don't see the point of making it a whole thing. Like, oh, you don't? That's weird, is it? I don't think it's weird at all. And I I think that for our generation in particular, we're getting married later and having children later than other generations. That's true. And I have noticed it's usually um, older people who I experience this bullshit from. That's another thing. It frustrates me that a woman's fertility is so tied with her value as a person. Yeah. There was an episode of Adam Ruins Everything, which if you're not watching that show, you should be. It's awesome. Women can have children easily for the most part, like with little intervention, little to no intervention until they're 35. And in a lot of cases, 40 or older. (laughs) I don't understand the pressure that we put on people to to anything, really. Mm-hmm. Like there's pressure for people to, well, why aren't you married yet? Why don't you have kids yet? And then there's pressure to, well, why are you getting married so young? Why are you having your kids so early? Yeah, that's true. So it's like there's you can't please anyone. We haven't as a as a society decided what we want. We just, <laughs> and for that reason, um everyone go fuck yourself. <laughs> I'm going to do whatever I want. <laughs> there's Something that I wanted to bring up, and this is gonna be super controversial maybe, I find it kind of interesting that, and I, I understand this is a bodily autonomy issue. Women can get an abortion, no questions asked, up to a point. And it's becoming, for political reasons, way more difficult for women to do that. But she has that option. Legally, it's protected. Up until whatever mandated time, she can say, I am not financially prepared to have a child men don't have an equivalent. If a woman decides that, then he's on the hook for child support and everything. It doesn't matter what he thinks about it. And I'm just gonna say I don't think that's fair. It is unfair. It's also a really tricky area. You know, what if a guy really wants you to get an abortion and you don't want one? I mean, I suppose maybe the trade-off could be, okay, well, I am not financially supporting the child. If it takes again, two people to make a child, then they each have a choice to make there. And if she gets to say, I don't want to be a parent, then he should have the same right. He should be able to say, okay, well, I'm signing away my legal rights to this child. I don't want to be a parent. And that's that. <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's just my opinion. It just, it's a valid opinion. I just never thought about it before. I'm not sure where I stand. We're from the south there this happens a lot I think that would really cut down on the anchor babies <laughs> yeah. so now that we've talked about um, a number of different double standards against men and women Rachel and I were realizing I mean I think we've established over the course of this episode there's a few things we're outliers in you know this doesn't really apply to me but uh, <laughs> there's some that I think are pretty funny when we were talking about the creepy thing, Kelly recently had this experience and I'm going to, I'm going to get her to share it with you because she just realized what it is. <laughs> so every woman in the world has dealt with creepy dudes online. I'm pretty sure every single female on this planet with internet access has experienced this, but I recently had an experience that was just so unexpected and I don't know, weird, surreal, Yes, like, almost da da Yes. So my inbox has changed quite a bit since this podcast started. I mean, it's getting interesting, but I don't know if that's the reason why this happened. Anyway, I got a message on Facebook and it was the kind where, you know, you have no connections, no mutual friends. So I get a thing that's like, hey, this person wants to connect with you. And it's this dude in Europe. And I'm like, okay, sure. What do you got? And he sends me this really polite email that basically says, hi Kelly. Um, I'm really into cartoon porn and hentai. And if- <laughs> I couldn't make it, I tried. <laughs> I'm, I'm really into hentai and cartoon porn, and if that's something you're interested in, then I have a lot of pictures I could share with you, so please let me know if you'd like to see some of my hentai collection, and it's just speckled with, you know, happy faces. It was so <laughs> polite. I mean, he wasn't just like, boom, bitch, here's some hentai in your inbox. He yeah, was, or here's a dick pig. Yeah, he was like, hi, Kelly. Address me by name. <laughs> I like this. Would you like to see it? And I just thought, man, that was a weird request. But I think that was the most respectful invitation you could give someone to look at your hentai collection. <laughs> so I was like, you know what, bro? Hit me with some nasty cartoon porn. And, um, he was just like, well, what kind would you like to see? And... I thought, well, I, I don't know. I don't really know how this works. So I took a survey of my friends on Facebook <laughs> and the consensus was tentacle. <laughs> So I said, Hey, um, I guess I'm interested in tentacle porn. And sure enough, kaboom. He sent me like a pretty comprehensive photo album of tentacle hentai. And then he wasn't even just like, you like that bitch. He said, what do you think? Or do you like them? And I was just like, make it weirder. <laughs> Cause, that's- Cause at this point I'm like, fuck it. Let's see where this goes. So then he just sends me a link to this super top secret uh, European Facebook group. And he's like, this is my hentai group where I share hentai and invited me. (laughs) So what began as an experiment and morbid curiosity ended with me in a secret European hentai group. (laughs) Because of course, (laughs) Kelly, what are your hobbies? (laughs) Well, but I have to say, considering the insane nature of that request, it was very, very, politely done and it did not come off as creepy so look for everyone who's afraid of being called creepy there are non-creepy ways to ask strange women on the internet to look at your hentai collection I'm just (laughs) saying there is hope for you yet (laughs) it worked out for that guy (laughs) but I really appreciated like even after he sent the hentai he didn't make it sexual he was still just like what do you think (laughs) it just felt like Two bros talking about cartoon porn. Looking at tentacles. <laughs> because why not? Well, one way, after reading some examples of double standards, one way that I am an outlier, Kelly and I have joked for a long time that I was just tragically born without shame. Yes, tragically. I bart with reckless abandon. And, like, the thing that, that was mentioned in this one Reddit thread that, that we're reading when we were part of when we were doing research, we read it, it said, um, girls not being able to talk about needing to go poop or wanting to poop. And I have a like a group chat that I'm in with some friends at work and I was like, Kelly, today I literally <laughs> told them while I was in the bathroom. I was like, oh my god, the toilet paper in our office is what I imagine having a cat lick your asshole would be like. <laughs> <laughs> and they were all like, Well, we have two ply in the men's room. And I was like, You know what? I think I'm pretty sure we have one ply. That <laughs> is kind of bullshit. That's another double standard. Why do men get two ply toilet paper? Just because you don't use it when you pee. If you're comfortable with me smelling slightly like pee, I will cut back on, <laughs> on the DP usage just to get in on that sweet, sweet two ply. No, it's something about Rachel I just accept by this point. You can be out at a ritzy-ass Italian restaurant on Valentine's Day, and Rachel will disappear and then come back and say, what I just did in the bathroom was unspeakable. (laughs) (laughs) I just committed a crime against humanity in there. And everyone's just like, word, Rachel. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just a thing in our friend group. They just know. And it's, I don't feel shame. I don't feel shame about it. Everybody I have, poops. I have a disembodied memory of Rachel and a group of people just like gesturing with their hands and saying, I'm the smelly kid. <laughs> <laughs> you used to say that a lot. I'm still the smelly kid. I'm still the smelly kid. And it used to drive my mom nuts. <laughs> She was like, Rachel, I taught you better than that. (laughs) Like, oh my God, I'm actually stinky today. I'm a stress sweater and like, it's been a stressful day. But anyway, there is no deodorant on earth that can withstand the strength of (laughs) Rachel's stress sweat. I'm like, I'll come home and Colin will just be like, oh, you had a bad day. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Because I smell like a bag of onions. (laughs) Yeah. Well, at least I have onion, B.O. I'm just saying. <laughs> you gotta be the stinky kid. So what we're getting at is that I'm an outlier in that I will totally look at your hentai on the internet and Rachel's an outlier and that she will totally tell you she just dropped a deuce. <laughs> Shamelessly. There was one time I was out doing something for work and um, in this particular instance, we were somewhere kind of remote. Like the nearest bathroom was a 15 minute drive. And I was like, I was like, God, I gotta pee. I gotta pee so bad. And the guys were like, just go in the woods. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly what we need in my work clothes, like my stuff with insignia on it to see my bare ass (laughs) in In the the forest. (laughs) And they were like, yeah, you're right. I guess we'll drive you. (laughs) Just go in the woods. I was like, guys, this is how I wind up on the news. (laughs) I'm not peeing in the woods. But it it was just funny because they, like, didn't think anything about it. They were just like, oh, yeah, she doesn't have a penis. Yeah, I was just thinking that would have been one of those cases where I would shamelessly pull out the I am a girl card. Sometimes you have to remind them. Yeah. Well, I think that they thought the whole reason that I wouldn't pee in the woods is because I had to take a dump. But I didn't. I really (laughs) just had to pee. They were like, oh, Rachel's got to take her to a toilet. I was like, that's not the only reason. I genuinely don't want my butt on the news. <laughs> I mean, are there surveillance cameras in the forest? There can be. Oh, I'm not taking any chances with this <laughs> b- booty. So something that Rachel brought up earlier, um, we might have touched on this a teeny bit in geek keeping, but women aren't really allowed to just casually like something. You know, if I just say, Oh yeah, I'm kind of into metal or I'm kind of into video games. Um, then we're a fake geek girl. <laughs> yeah. It's, Oh, oh, you like Nintendo? Well, what was the fourth developer of (laughs) You like music Name every record ever made. But if a guy's like, I kind of like football, everyone's just like, word, moving on. Yeah, he probably gets a little bit more social acceptance for being into football at all. That is so true. Hmm. It's like, oh, well, who's your team? UT, oh, cool, I love UT, let's be bros forever. Meanwhile, I'm like, hey, I played some of Bayonetta. I never beat it. kill yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're in the DC? Um, very superficially, cunt. Yeah, just whatever. It's so stupid. Like, first of all, we have already stated we are super against gatekeeping of any variety, but in particular, when it keeps girls away from trying new stuff. Right, okay, let's say I am superficially into the Marvel universe. I mean, at some point, everyone is who is into that at all. You don't just one day become an expert. And I'm gonna say it. I want for more men to be casually knitting. I want them to be taking up needlepoint. I want you to be a noob. I embrace your noobdom. I could get into that. Yeah, I won't. Well, actually I have heard some men say like, I learned how to sew, Colin learned how to sew. I guess all these double standards kind of tie into that. Yeah, they do. Um, It's making people feel pressure to limit some aspect of their life whether that is expressing themselves emotionally or approaching someone that they find interesting or yeah, even engaging in a hobby that they're curious about. So, I mean, I can't, I think I speak for both, for both of us. When I say we want you to have the best human experience that you can have. Yeah. Go out and do all sorts of things. Right. And in addition to that, let's try to be aware of these double standards that exist. Um, just talking to Rachel and reading on this myself, I'm guilty of some of these. So I am going to try to make an improvement and, you know, not think, oh, that girl's crazy or, oh, that guy's creepy for behaviors that um, would have a totally different response if the genders were reversed. Ooh, yeah. I guess I will try to retire my very trusty, the thinner the eyebrows, the thicker the crazy. <laughs> try to retire it because kelly has guilted me into it i mean if a guy had super thin eyebrows i would probably be like that dude looks crazy oh my god i remember so i think it's cool yeah (laughs) just the one (laughs) and the selfie photo shoot that goes for both genders yes it does Yes, it does. If you go to the gym and you post like hashtag gains or whatever, and you post 30 pictures of yourself. Yeah. That's a little narcissistic. <gasps> oh my God. Another one quick final selfie photo shoot, crazy barometer. When someone posts a selfie and you can see in the background, their house is just in tatters. Why <laughs> do you do that? Pick that shit up or at least like move it over 10 feet before you take the selfie. I don't want to see your messy ass house. Yeah. It's, it's like, if you are wanting me to see your best self, my house is pretty messy right now, but there's like, I'm not showing it to the internet. Right. Everyone's, everyone's living space gets, you know, lived in and then you clean it up. But when it's looking lived in, I'm not just like, sup y'all, <laughs> click, click, click. Yeah. <laughs> Look at all of my chaos. Oh my God. <laughs> or people who just air their dirty laundry. I cannot believe I didn't think of that. Yes. Yes. That's probably numero uno. Yeah. My good for nothing husband done pissed me off. Listen to what he did. And And then they tell you. And you're like, I am just a fly on the wall on the internet, man. And then I'm like... I do think it's funny that with the solo traveling thing you mentioned you're so brave and I think that I fall into you're so brave camp because I'm like I would fucking kill myself. I would get dead. You would be like, I would miss a flight somewhere and then not have enough money to pay for another flight and then I would just be like, well I live here now. Oh man um don't no, no. really I'd be fine. Yeah um one of my solo traveling excursions I had a layover uh I think it was in Philadelphia, not that it matters. And I was going to get myself, uh, something to eat and my card got declined. And I was thinking, um, I know exactly how many dollars are in my bank bank account. That's unusual. So, (laughs) so I pull up my online banking and holy shit, that fucking day, the day I was to fly to Europe every of my checking account had been stolen. Someone had gotten my uh, checking account number and wiped me out. And so I am, I'm, <laughs> I'm scheduled to get on a plane any minute to fly to Europe and my checking account is cleared out. So I had like a, I probably had about a 122nd window of just internally freaking the fuck out. And then it was like, okay, center, what do I do? First thing I did, I did this all sitting in baggage claim. I called my bank and told them that, you know, I was the victim of fraud and they were just like, oh yeah, clearly we can see that. So that was taken care of. And then I rescheduled my flight for the next day. And then I just got a hotel. I went to the hotel and had a drink, like, what the fuck? And eventually I decided to just cancel the trip altogether, which was a bummer. Yeah, so that's up there in worst case scenarios. But it's a good feeling to know, okay, even when something goes horribly, horribly wrong, it's not the end of the world. You got this. Maybe we should do a traveling episode, but that is what I tell people ask me about traveling when they want to get into it. And the number one thing is you got to roll with the punches, man, because shit goes wrong. Like your schedule is a great guideline, but it ain't all going to happen. Something will come up. And if you cannot keep it together, if you cannot go with the flow, then you're going to have a bad time. And if your trip costs $3,000, don't think you're just going to get away with $3,000. <laughs> no, be prepared. Have extra money. Advice for being an American. Step one, don't be poor. (laughs) Step two, have more money. (laughs) Live the life of your dreams. (laughs) It's that easy. We're glad we could help you today. So, um, did we miss anything? What double standards have you noticed? Let us know at southernhills at gmail.com. Ooh. And if you have any cool hentai, Send it to kelly at southernhills.com. And I'll finally sit down and figure out why our G-suites (laughs) broken. Which men have been trying to do for... Oh, wait, that's... (laughs) Oh, wait. (laughs) Well, thanks for listening. See you next Thursday.